What's up, guys? Welcome back to Momentum Monday. My name is Steve Holbrook, and I am your host. Today's episode, you guys are in for a huge treat. Today's episode is an interview with the one, the only, Mr. Ed Milet. You might know him from YouTube, but Instagram is Facebook as Mr. Max Out. But many of you may or may not know, Ed's been a great mentor of mine for the past 10 years. In this exclusive interview with Ed Milet, we get into it. We get into about business, we get into about life, but specifically we talk about mentorship. What you can expect in this interview are the following. The first thing he refers to is the importance of having a mentor and how mentors throughout his life have really transformed him into who he is today. The second thing that he talks about is how over time he seek new mentors. And sometimes when you least expect it, a mentor walks into your life. Guys, as you grow, as you evolve, as you change, as you ask for more in your life, you're going to need to seek new mentors along the way. And the third thing Ed talks about is how to build into your team, how to build your people, how to build leaders. If you're trying to build an organization, if you're trying to build a company, if you're trying to build a church, probably one of the things you're focused on is leading and growing people. Well, there's a way to develop people. There's a way to build people. And Ed and I get into it in this exclusive interview. So I hope you're ready. Pull your pens out. We get into it. We talk a bit about specifics on our business. But as we're going through this interview and as this podcast is rolling through or if you're watching it on YouTube, what I want you thinking about is this. Find areas in your life where this applies. This applies to every single person listening. I don't care if you're in business. I don't care if you're an employee. These things matter. And these are what, this is what moves the needle in life. So pay attention. Here we go. Let's get rolling. So every we see you today. I mean, you're this, you know, you're Ed Milet. I'm an old man now. I'm an old Mr. man. Mr. Max out. Mr. But, old, yeah. But take us back to when you first started with Primerica. Okay. Just how bad were you? I mean, I mean. How bad was I at the business? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we don't have to talk about that. But it's just, yeah, we, no. I, we hear your tapes. Yeah. I mean, you were 20. Yeah, I was, a, well, so how bad was I? I was really bad in the beginning. In fact, Jeff and I were just talking too. Most of my business was up here. So like the quick version of when I started with Primerica is I started out and uh, I was in college actually. I got recruited and I thought I was going to do really well. And I recruited some dudes. They all quit. Then I kind of quit. I quit the business. And so I went back to college. I had intended to go back to college anyways. But, so I went back to college here in Stockton. Y'all are from Canada, so you don't know this. But literally right down the freeway is a place called Stockton. It's the hood. And that's where I went to college, at the University of the Pacific. And so I'm real familiar with this area. I had offices up here in WMA and Primerica and WFG. But long story short, I, um, I quit. And my upline in that company, this is a terrific story, I didn't know this, but he was, he was my best friend's dad growing up, his name's Steve Adams. You should hear this story because it'll talk to you about resiliency. So Steve was um, my best friend's dad, and his son ended up being the best man in my wedding. Long and the short of it is every single month, every single month, I got a handwritten letter on l- letterhead from him 
saying, Eddie, here's an article that you should read. Things are going great. You're going to be the greatest of all time in the business. Can't wait till you graduate. This is what you're going to do with your life. Hmm. You're going to be a better speaker than Art Williams. And he'd write me the letter. Next month, sure enough, you know, you're in college and playing baseball. And get, next month, letter from Steve. Just want to remind you, you were born to do this. Don't get a job when you get out of college. Next month, another letter for Steve. Wow. So for two years, I would get a letter every month from this man, handwritten. What I didn't know was that he was pouring through his 401k, which is his retirement plan. He had one recruit in the entire time he would have been in the business before me and after me, me, okay? Pouring through his savings, wife telling him to go back and get a job. He, had, he was a manager of a JC Penney store. So he was making about 80 grand a year, quit that to do the business, depleting his savings, struggling, going broke, writing one or two sales a month, recruiting nobody, and selling me the dream every single month. Then I came back <clears throat> after college and I started in the business again and I started to quit again. I quit a second time, right? Because just things weren't working out and I was young. There was a big event like this one, but much more crowded. And uh, I, I was literally back at my dad's house and I got a knock on my door on a Thursday and it was Steve and Carol Adams. Like, they're like my parents, right? And he goes, let's go. And I go, where are we going? He goes, the event in the desert in La Quinta. You've spoken in La Quinta. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to the event. I didn't buy a ticket, <laughs> right? And he goes, I got you a ticket. Let's go. Go upstairs and pack a bag. No joke. I went upstairs. 20 minutes later, came down with a bag and I got in the back of their Saab and we drove two hours out to the desert to go to this event. The whole time this man's telling me, you're going to be the greatest of all time at this, Eddie. I'm telling you, you were born to do this. There's something about you. I know it. He used to tell me I was anointed. He goes, you have an anointing. You're going to do something special. You're going to be the biggest ever at this. Meanwhile, I still don't know this. This man's going broke. His wife's trying to talk him out of the business and he's selling me the dream. Right? We get to La Quinta, we check into the resort, and he goes, hang on, I'm sitting over in the lobby. 90 minutes later, he finally comes back. 90 minutes later. And he goes, we got your room, him and Carol. <laughs> and I said, he says, so get dressed up, we'll see you at the thing tonight. And I said, okay, Steve, where are you guys? And he goes, Carol and I are gonna stay. I get emotional, man. He goes, Carol and I are just gonna stay somewhere else. And what I didn't know was that when he tried to check into the hotel, his credit card didn't work. So they were spending 90 minutes to get an extension on his credit card. And they got me, <clears throat> me a room. And he and his wife slept in their car for two days at the event. And I did not know that until about 10 years later. And at that event is when my life changed. At that event, I didn't know that happened, but at that event is when I decided, I just made a decision that I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Hmm. And so I started like that. I started by quitting a couple times and I had someone believe, I get emotional today for some reason. Hmm. So none of this happens. Frankly, Transamerica probably doesn't own our company if he doesn't get me that room at the event, if he doesn't write me those letters. You think of the magnitude, right? Like, not only would you not be in this building, this particular company probably wouldn't have wanted to buy this had my hierarchy and me not been in it, wow. right? And it's crazy, right? And that's the, the ripple effects of decisions when you're struggling are unreal. But he changed my life by believing in me. One person's belief in just a kid. I was just a kid. When did, it, when did, you, when did you really start to take off? I mean, did you, did you build anything in the previous company? Yeah, I did. So in the pre previous company, I was, I was the youngest, what they call NSD. CEO. So that's like a CEO in the history of that company still to this day. How old were you? 22. When there it's hard. There, there it's wow. not. You don't go on runs or anything like that. They're like, you just earn your promotion, right? So, but um, yeah, I did good. Here's what I was pretty good at. Let me tell you what I struggled at. I was okay. I could get, um, I could write business. 
I learned how to close. I went to Tom Hopkins seminars. I believed in the product. I could write business and close. I could not figure out recruiting. Mm. And when I could get recruits, I couldn't figure out how to keep them. I couldn't figure out how to build a team. And I just struggled with that for years mm. in the business. I mean, like having even 15 people I couldn't do, mm. you know, for like year after year. And so, and then when I would get people, they wouldn't get developed. And I just struggled at developing people. I was not good at keeping or developing people in my business. So I could always, I've always made money. Like when you hear the stories of when I went broke, that's mainly when I left that company. Like I've always made money. I've always paid my bills here. I've always produced. People ask my wife all the time, well, what did you do when he was struggling? She's like, he, that didn't really happen. You know, I always made sure we had food on the table. There's no reason for anybody in our company to be struggling financially when you have a pen. There's no reason whatsoever not to be able to write business. You're just lazy. Yep. You just flat out don't work hard. You don't. You work in spurts. You don't work consistently. You don't make phone calls every day. You don't make approaches and contacts regularly. Because you don't do that, you may have intermittent production issues. But if you just work at the business consistently, you'll make money here. That's an, that's the funny thing is people always worry, am I going to make money? Absolutely, you make money. The question is whether you build a team. Hmm. The question is whether or not you could build leaders. That's a different situation. If you're back to the base thing of whether I can make money here, you just don't trust yourself yet to work hard. Because if you work hard, you'll make money. Oh. Our products are too good. Millions of people own our products, right? So it's yeah. not like people don't want them. You'd be able to sell our products to people. So anyway, I drove up to Tholly's house. I went all the way out to Lodi to his house. I lived in Stockton. I drove out there to recruit him. Hmm. And uh, I went there for that. I got out of my car. I had a Porsche. I heard that story. I got out of my car, and he just goes, that's a stupid car. <laughs> right? And I got a full suit on, like Ferragamo shoes. He's got, like, tracks from Kmart on tennis shoes. <laughs> and that's the really weirdest thing. I'll tell you real quick. So I get out of my car. I'm there to recruit him. I got my briefcase. He's in sweats and his Nike hat. And we're in his front yard. He had this big vineyard, if you've ever been there. We got the car. He goes, that's a stupid car. And then we didn't talk for 20 minutes. Hmm. And he had this gigantic fire hose he was watering his front yard because he was too cheap to pay somebody. And so he goes, grab the hose. And so I'm holding part of this hose, walking in the mud. And we just water his yard in like dead silence. Like for 20 minutes, I'm just holding this hose with this stranger whom I've never met before. We're just like watering his yard and it's the weirdest thing, right? And then finally he goes, you want to talk about business? I'm like, that's what the f I came here for, dude. I'm not here to water your grass. He's like, so let's take a walk. And so now my shoes are all wet, these really expensive shoes, and we walk his dirt vineyard, the whole vineyard, the perimeter of it, right? But I gotta tell you something, when we got to the corner, the first corner, so you walk about, it's probably about 200 yards down the corner. I'm gonna get emotional again. But it's like about 200 yards <clears throat> to the corner, and I, I just knew when I turn the corner, I'm like, I'm gonna go into business with this guy, and he's gonna be my mentor. And uh, I'm probably gonna know him the rest of my life. And he's just talking. And I just kinda knew. And it was really weird. I had zero intent of leaving that company. Zero intent. I was carving this dude up. Wow. Yeah, and I knew within about 200 yards. Now, he didn't figure that out for about, by the way, we spent six hours together. Funniest thing he did too, he's so funny. So we meet, and then those days you would get your checks mailed to your house, they weren't auto deposit. His check would come, it, was a, it would be your statement. His check would be the size of this table, the statement of all the transactions that were made with like hundreds of transactions per page. It came in a big two FedEx box and he, he, had his, he was so smart. When we got back to his office, he had his assistant come in and drop his check down on the, te the desk. I was like, holy crap, because my, my team made like six sales that day or something, right? His made like, with Swan, one of those guys, like, 
you know, I don't know what it was. Probably oh, there's probably like four thousand transactions on there or something. Oh, I was like, holy crap! But the next day, he voice tells me, I'm driving to the airport. He's so funny because you know what you do with a masculine male, right? You don't try to over-masculine him because you won't win that, right? So the next morning, I get this beep. I'm checking my voice tells the next one because then he goes, beep. And his used to say, Rich Tholly. That was his little thing on there. And then we go, Rich Tholly. And it would say, beep. And he goes, hey, was that as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> That's what he said to me. Huh? Huh, sweetheart? And he goes, if it was, I'm down to do it again. Oh. <laughs> and this, like, really, like, sexy voice. I'm like, who is this dude? <laughs> you know? That's so awesome. a true story, man. So that's how he, that's how I ended up he, coming What over was here. it about him that? I thought that he believed, <clears throat> I'll tell you exactly what it was, because <clears throat> he wasn't engaged. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I wanted his family. I was getting ready to get married. Christiana and I were getting married in three months. Mm. I wanted his family, but here's what I got out of him. I really, really, really believed that he would care about me and believe in me. Mm. Like sincerely put me in front of him, that mm. he would care and believe in me. And um, I'm telling you, I really, honestly, I give this whole talk you've heard where I actually think that's what a great leader does. That's why I think women are better leaders than men. I don't say that to be patronizing or anything like that either. I just do believe that. Women are naturally, in the modern business world, great leaders are people who love, care, believe, and help people. And Thali, I went, this guy's going to love me, he's going to care about me, he's going to believe in me, and I'm pretty sure he can help me. Hmm. And I sensed it overwhelmingly. Wow. And he was just a good man. Like, it was not about him, it was really about me, that whole conversation. And usually someone recruits you by kind of pitching themselves. He didn't do any of that. And I knew he didn't need me. Yeah. You know, he was already very wealthy then. When you see someone that you can identify as a leader in your base shop, what, do you, what does pour into them mean for you? And then what do you expect in return? Okay, cool. Um, pour into them means like, it's funny how like people never say what they really think, right? So pour into me, pour into them means that I would be, first thing is I'd pull them in alone and say, let me tell you why I brought you in here. Okay? And all we talk about is that that day. So I, the reason I brought you in here is this. Let me tell you what I see in you. There's an interview I have coming out tomorrow with Tim Story, who spoke at the 10X conference. He's going to be our guest speaker at our convention. Nice. And uh, we're about five minutes into our interview with him, and I said, can we stop? Can I just tell you what I see in you? Right? And he goes, yeah. You guys have seen the, Mike, you've seen the clip, huh? Mike was there. Mike and Nico were there. And I go, can I just see what, can I tell you what I see in you? What did happen when I told him, Mike? What did he start doing? started crying right I literally just told him let me tell you what I see this man's very successful he's Oprah Winfrey's coach right and I said let me tell you what I see in you man and I just told him for a minute Boop. crying and he couldn't stop crying for a while because people never have someone look right at them and be sincere about the exact things not like you're great I told him exactly why he was great he's just got this elegance and grace about him that's magnificent reminds me of Sidney Poitier and then he literally said that in the next sentence which was crazy so I would pull him in and tell him what I see in him, what I believe in him. That's the only purpose of me, not also how's the kids, not how's your production, just solely that one thing. And then I am super repetitious with it. Like when we first met, I was better at that with him than I am now, but like super repetitious with telling them what their giftedness is over and over and over again. I don't ask them for anything back. So you ask me for what I want back. There's nothing I want back. I just want to focus on them and their world, their space all the time. And then I link what I tell them about them, which I'm going to tell all the time, to, this is important, to what I want them to do. And then I get at them from every angle. So the other thing I do is then I'll tell Holbrook, will you let them know that what I said about them? 
and Holbrook will find them and they'll, yeah, I was talking to Milet, let me tell you what he said about you, right? And then I'll do it publicly when they're not there. So that gets back to them. Mm. I just get them from every single angle. Then I'd call Thalvey and go, will you do me a favor? Will you text this guy and just tell him that blah, 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 and that I was talking about him and that I think this and that he could do that? I get all the leverage in the world I possibly can on somebody. I don't just use me. I use everyone around them. And then, if they're married, I'll always call their spouse when they're not there. I'm really good at that. I'll call their, because Schubert did it with me. I'll call their spouse and just talk to their spouse about them. And then when they get home, they tell them. So every angle I hit them on, and their identity is just altered. You can't have me tell you one-on-one, -on -one, me tell you repetitiously, me tell your peers, me speak about you publicly, and me tell your spouse. And if you have kids, tell your kids. Now here's the biggie. If you really want to get someone to SMD and it's like a slam dunk and they have any work ethic in them at all, you write a handwritten note to their wife and children or their husband and children about what you think about them and what they're about to accomplish, and you don't tell them and you mail it to their home. So I used to do this all the time. Wow. So it would end up in their home and they'd get home from a bad day at the BPM and they'd go, you can believe this letter we just got from Ed Milet about you. And the kids have read it and it's on the refrigerator and daddy, he said this and if you do that, we're gonna go here. And it would just change your family. And I'll just tell you, there have been people who have quit WFG that I'll run into in random places and they not only have that letter I wrote, they have it with them when I meet them. It blows my wife away. We were having, telling Jeff this, I having dinner this Saturday night at a restaurant in uh, Laguna Beach with my wife. I'd been gone for a while. And there were people that knew me from social media that were coming up to me. And finally, this woman kept staring at me and it was bothering my wife. <laughs> and um, she finally just came up to the table. Her husband had since passed away uh, a few years ago. And they had been in my business and quit many, many years ago. She had in her purse <clears throat> the letter that I wrote him to her and her kids. And he didn't make it, but they kept the letter that I wrote. I wrote it in hand about him to his children, and they kept it. And so you can't help but not all, and by the way, he left WG and went on to be a very successful contractor in the, in, the, um, in the construction business. And I think part of that was that I sowed this belief into him. So those are the, I hit him from every angle. Because wow. I really love doing that. Like Max's golf tournament, give you a per last thing. My son's golf tournament yesterday. There are some people that uh, he really, really admires. So I asked Cam Agnew, who Max has played golf with. You guys nice. know Cam? Yeah. yeah. I asked Agnew if he'd message Max. No way. Yeah, and he did. Huh. And I asked Joe DePaula if he would message Max. And so he got messages from both those guys. Just tell him how good he was, because Cam's a good golfer. Yeah. And so when Cam tells you you're a good player, it means a lot to Max. And so I just wanted Cam to remind him. By the way, Cam's done that without me asking him to as well. Wow. It's the kind of guy Cam is. But so I get leverage on people outside of me. But what I have to be the catalyst to get them even thinking about themselves. And then everybody else hits them. And just alter them. All right, there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Momentum Monday. There's another hour and 15 minutes of that audio interview with Ed Milet that I'm going to be releasing over time, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, this is not how I earn my income. I have a very successful business. I do this to share leadership tips, to share mindset tips. I want to help other people. I want to help people just like you. So do me a favor. Share this on social media. Tag me. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to share it. If you go to the major podcast platforms, you can give me a rating. You can give me a review. That goes a long way. But I just want to appreciate every single person that plugs in every single week to Momentum Monday. I love you guys. This is a dream come true for me. The fact that I'm impacting so many people. I get literally hundreds and some weeks thousands of messages from people just like you letting me know how this has positively impacted them. So I appreciate you guys. Have an amazing day 
and stay tuned for more episodes.